Greetings, welcome to Hellcast. I'm Reaper, your host, and we got a pretty cool episode lineup today. We have uh, Don of the Dead sitting in with us. He's also going to be doing answering an interview later on. And uh, as I teased previously, we got a new segment called Deal with the Devil. And what that is, is if you've been listening to Hellcast, it's time to pay off. I'll be, answer- I'll be asking you a question, and if you get the right answer, the first five people to answer it correctly will be getting a free uh, gift. And uh, I'll be getting to that later on. So let's go ahead and kick this off. This is coming from Macabre off their album, Grim Reality. Let's 
That was uh, We Strike What's Left by Bastardator. Excellent record. And before that was a Hooded Menace with Arcane Epitaph and off the album Fulfill the Curse. And this is a pretty fucking sweet uh, release by Dementia. It comes in a digipack and it folds out to like an inverted cross. And then it's got a bunch of uh, putrid artwork and it's fucking really cool. Uh, and then before that, it was... Uh, Macabre with Mr. Albert Fish coming off Grim Reality. And that's a reissue from uh, Hammerheart Records. And uh, what did you say was on that, Don? All the, uh, uh, I guess, remastered of Grim Reality. And then the, uh, the, they do the exact same tracks, but uh, the original uh, 87 release of uh, Grim Reality. So that's pretty neat. It sounds actually pretty much the same, but, you know. <laughs> I leave it up to you, the Macabre expert, to know the difference for those. So we got some uh, a new release here for all you Perverser fans. It is a t-shirt, The Awakening of the Ancient Ones, and that is an official two-sided t-shirt printed on high-quality Fruit of Loom t-shirts, and it's got, that is available from Hell's Headbangers. It's uh, available on every size from small to double X, so you got a pretty wide range of sizes there. Uh, that, again, is the Perverser, The Awakening of the Ancients One, Ancient Ones short-sleeve t-shirt. So pretty cool. All you Perverser fans, be sure to check that out. Hellsheadbangers.com. All right. So I know this is one of Don's favorite bands. Naturally, I think I just kind of leaned towards picking out some stuff that you really liked. Um, and I appreciate it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about this. I'll, I'll have to show you. But this is Devastation. And uh, I know you're a big fan of the band. This is Devastation from Chicago. Not, not everyone. Most people, when they hear Devastation, they think, you know, devastation from texas how exactly did you get acquainted with the band like was it through tape trading back in the day or what yeah that's exactly what it was um just saw you know an ad for uh, a creation of my ripping death and uh i just you know sent in some money whatever it was four probably four bucks or something and uh troy dixler uh sent me the demo and uh that was about it i kept listening to them and you know they put out another demo a recreation of my ripping death and then they had an unreleased LP, and uh, actually the, the CD that we have here, Total Fucking Ripping Death, is uh, has got everything that they've done on it. There's a couple of like miscellaneous live tracks that aren't on the CD, but this is pretty much everything uh, that you need. Great band. You know, they went on to, uh, some of the guys went on to do uh, uh, Syndrome, uh, like Sean Glass is uh, in Syndrome, and, and then I think he went on to do Broken Hope and a bunch of other stuff, but great, great uh Chicago had so many great bands back in the eighties, but well, Syndrome that wasn't the like was it a little bit different sounding than Devastation or I haven't really had the pleasure of listening to it. A little bit of uh, faster thrash, um, a little more technical. Excellent band. Well, let's go ahead and listen to it. This is coming from a disc, a total fucking ripping death, and it actually came out also on a, as a box set with I think three CDs. Uh, from Marquee Records in Brazil called Dispensable Bloodshed. So regardless, um, if you can track down, I think the box that's pretty much sold out and pretty hard to get, um, and this CD as well, probably uh, Total Fucking Ripping Death. Needless to say, if you enjoy it, go out, 
find it. Here it is, Devastation, and this is a Cranial Hemorrhage. <laughs>
Uh, that uh, that was uh, Countess Hell's Rock and Roll that we just heard. They got a bunch of albums out, but that's my favorite EP that they have. They talk about the devil and his music. <laughs> so that's the criteria. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're listening to music, it better be by the devil. <laughs> and what was before that? Uh, before that was uh, Devastation, the cranial hemorrhage that we were talking about from Chicago. <laughs> Do they sing about the devil? They, uh, I'd like to think they do, because <laughs> it's really good. But uh, I don't think I, I don't think most of their songs are about the devil. <laughs> well, he sounds sinister enough to, I guess, go ahead and say that he does. So, speaking of the devil, we have Don of the Dead here from Nun Slaughter, and uh, well, we're going to go ahead and ask him a few questions here. Um, so, obviously, we're kind of delving into your musical tastes, and uh, you like songs about the devil. So what exactly was the album or band that made you realize that metal was definitely something you wanted to be a part of as a devoted fan and as a musician? Well, I'd have to say uh, for myself, I got into um, probably like Master Reality was probably the the album that kind of took me over the edge as far as uh, being wanting to uh, be involved with music. But um, uh, when I heard, finally heard uh, uh, Massacre... Um, you know mantis death and massacre those those three bands kind of all kind of happen around the same time and um when i heard that i i knew that's that's what i i wanted to do or I, rather i said I, I think i can do that too so um that's what got me into you know underground music or underground metal so from your earliest recordings uh, regardless of you know the fidelity or the production of the recording it always sounds totally raw and never really overproduced is uh is the sound of nunslaughter production wise is that something that came naturally to you or is that more of a trial and error learning process i'd say it's a little bit of trial and error and a lot of uh fuck it that's good enough we <laughs> we we got it on tape let's just roll on and uh luckily the uh one of the other guys in in, in the band uh, jim the drummer he he kind of feels the same way we work at a kind of a fast pace sometimes it works out you know a lot of times it doesn't you know especially after you know five ten years you go back and you listen you go damn man we could have made something better here but um it's what we had at the time and sometimes we're rushed and you know we just we just figure roll on and we'll make another record later on so I guess, pretty positive attitude, I guess. <laughs> Crank out the releases more or less than, huh? I just got a lot of music to write, man. <laughs> a lot of songs for the devil. <laughs> Was it hard to find like-minded people musically in the early days of Nunslaughter? And how about now? Usually people just didn't want to jam with us. and It, it, it was pretty much just me, and then I'd have to get uh, other folks that you know for a weekend or something i'd write all the music and arrange everything and then just teach them the songs and we'd uh we'd record over a long weekend and um once i met jim it made it a lot easier he, he knows a lot of musicians personally in in the cleveland area and so getting people to jam with us was relatively easy getting people to stay is a little harder than that but usually it worked out that um we do a tour or two and people just get tired of it because it's just i, I don't think uh most of the people that think they want to be in a band realize that, th yeah, it's it's fun to go out and you know 
play in front of people and you know uh, meet chicks drink beer you know sell records sign records all that shit but then at the end of the day when you come home you're just the same dickhead as when you left and you got to write you still got to write songs you still got to go to work uh and it just it's a it's a grind eventually but um this is not as much of a payoff as they thought it would be then huh like they want to be a there's celebrity no, almost there's no payoff yeah <laughs> the only payoff is you get a free ticket to go somewhere that's the payoff yeah absolutely but the, it seems like people almost think that that is the case. It's like, well, I'm going on this tour. Like, or even people hear about that. It's like, well, you've been to such and such country. That obviously means that you're something, but not exactly the case. No, no. <laughs> well, so much of that is just done on on uh, the the band's own dime, and uh, just it's just a way to just to see the world and be able to say you you played that country or that city, and you know, meet up with uh, some some uh, friends or, or fans of the band, and. Uh, basically just hang out and drink some beer play some music and come home so as many people know don slaughter has numerous different lineup changes uh who is involved with the band now and what do they do what's their names and all that well we got uh myself still do- doing vocals we got uh jim sadist on uh drums zach masker on guitar the deserter uh who's, who's actually sticking around for a couple of records and uh He's on bass, and uh, actually Zach's been in the band six years, I think. And Jim's been in the band, could be 14, 13, 14 years, I think. And uh, the deserter, he's been in and out of the band uh, over the past probably five or six years. We did some early seven inches with him, and then he moved out to California and then came back and did a tour in Japan with us. And But, uh, yeah, it seems to be going pretty good. I think everybody's got realistic expectations of the band now, so with you know having numerous different lineup changes and you know one would think that it would obviously be pretty difficult to maintain a sound that would go through record record be kind of the same how exactly do you maintain the quality of the releases and the sound and all that with you know having such a long spanning you know career with the band if you want to call it a career <laughs> as we found out it isn't <laughs> but how would you how do you maintain that sound, I guess, is the underlining question here. Well, I, I, I think a lot of it has to, uh, I got to give credit to Jim. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, we're, we're uh, either very like-minded or he was, uh, he was able to uh, interpret what I had already uh, kind of established early on. Um, as far as like the guitar sound, it, it fluctuates not only just with uh, the recordings, but with the different guitarists wanting to use different combinations of guitars and heads and amps and and all that, uh, uh, you know, uh, hardware. But um, realistically, the songwriting is uh, mostly attributed to to Jim, and probably the past, I'd say, eight to ten years, he pretty much when when we're writing, if I'm thinking of something, he, he he can put it together and uh he's pretty much what's uh what's keeping the sound and unslaughter uh or at least the, the the way that the songs are structured and and uh written uh is pretty much keeping it together over the past uh, you know decade or so but do you think that having numerous different musicians playing the songs kind of adds to the appeal of the band almost like giving it a unique sound like because you you're not going to know what to expect almost because i mean let's face it especially with the seven inches not so much now since the lineup's been pretty steady, but in the past, regardless if you have one guy writing it, it's always going to sound a little bit different if you've got a different musician playing it. Do you oh, think yeah. that that has 
kind of added to the uniqueness of an, the Nunslaughter sound from record to record? Oh, that's tough to say. I don't know. I think that uh, I think that the uh, uh, people aren't quite sure what they're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> Yourself <'Cause> included. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, myself included. But you know, I mean, I, I like how when uh, you know some some labels will put out a record and they always have to put you know new studio tracks because everybody thinks it's either a live or a rehearsal or uh, you know, <laughs> something recorded in a basement. That definitely helps. That uh, and I've seen I and I've I've heard it with uh, just the different guitarists where I think that it maybe they're not playing it right, but in fact they are playing it right. It's just uh, their style of, of right. playing is different than the way that I was used to, you know, on the record or before they showed up. But um, it gives it a unique flavor, I guess. With all obviously lineup changes and everything like that, it seemed to me Nunslaughter is a, you know a very productive band. And it's I, to me because it's the underlining fact that you don't take no for an answer. So whether it's like you know a, a member's quitting or a member's you know fucking around or something, no is not a, an issue. It's, it's not a question to be. It's no. It's gonna you know it's gonna go on. And with that, I think that that is as an independent artist that is allowed for you know many great opportunities to go to as many countries as you have. And to have as many releases and appeal. So, with that being said, out of all the places you've been, what would you say has been the greatest place you've been to, and the worst place you've been to? I think the best the best time that I personally ever had uh, was when we went to uh, Japan. Uh, we only did four dates, but because of the um, uh, such a great difference in um, language and food and culture, uh, it, it seemed the most foreign to me but i i lived in hawaii for a couple of years and got to know uh some uh some of the japanese culture and uh, it just seemed like that was the best place uh or the most foreign place for nunsauter that uh, nunsauter's been and I, I i loved it as far as the worst place goes probably somewhere here in the freaking states i mean uh i mean there's a lot of <laughs> just a lot of shitholes here the appreciation's not as uh Right. I mean, uh geez, you know, we uh we played a lot of bad shows in uh in the states with uh, you know, whatever, 25, 30 people showing up and it's not, you know, sometimes it's the scene, sometimes it's the promoter, sometimes it's the club, but uh and maybe sometimes it's just non-solder. Nobody wants to come see us. But <laughs> the uh, the the fa- I'd have to say uh uh playing shows in the United States is uh, that's a real crapshoot, but almost every time that we go overseas or just to a different country, you know, like say Canada, even when we went to Canada, I thought the shows were really good. You know, we even played. Well, remember that we played that house party. That's where I got right, the, yeah. that bastardator CD. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, I, and I thought that was great. I mean, there was probably I don't know uh, fifty, sixty people all jammed into a just punk house, and we just played a bunch of songs and. Sweat our balls off and <laughs> sold a couple of shirts and drove home. Dog shit on the floor. Oh, that was like horrible, dude. <laughs> so that would ideally be the worst show, <laughs> or at least the worst venue. <laughs> there's the, there's nothing good about dog shit on the floor. At least nothing sanitary about it. That's for damn sure. No, well, we got uh, there. There was there, one of the shows. I, it was in New Jersey, and it was uh, I had uh, Dwayne in the band, and we were playing. I think we were playing with uh, Sadistic Intent. And uh, I brought these uh, I brought these dead rats, and I was throwing them at people. And uh, they were, <laughs> much like anything you throw out at the crowd, they throw it back. And uh, so uh, Dwayne didn't know anything about it. And uh, 
So somebody like whipped and hit him in the chest with a dead rat, and he pulled me off off to the side. He says, "Don, I don't think we're doing too well." I was why? He goes, "They fucking hit me with rats." <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Oh, I brought that rat." Oh, okay, that's better. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. He was, he was thinking like, man, this guy killed a rat, put it in his pocket, smuggled it into the show, and hit me with it. <laughs> <laughs> they thought they sucked that much. He went into a corner and found a rat in the bathroom. He was like, "Fuck this, this band sucks." <laughs> Well, <laughs> so <laughs> as we you know as we've obviously stated here in this interview, and as most people know, Nunslaughter is always releasing new music, whether it be a split or a seven inch, which be this fucking same format on, as, <laughs> as the splits and EPs. I mean, that's what I got written down, but essentially that's all the same shit. So, <laughs> but it is what Nunslaughter is releasing. So, uh, what? <laughs> So with such a vast discography, much like the other question, what is your least favorite record material? Uh, what is your least favorite Nunslaughter material? Um, and being so active with writing, do you find it hard to achieve that magical sound? Like, not, and not exactly like that. Every other song sucks, but you know that that song that it's just like that. It's just that's it. That everything just fell in the play. I think the the worst, probably the worst record that we ever put out was uh, Rotting, which is like pre-Rotting Christ uh, rehearsal. It, it, it's absolutely awful. Uh, thirteen copies, is it? Only thirteen copies <laughs> for a reason. Yeah, and an unlucky number, of, like just like yeah. There's uh yeah, and and some of the some of the uh, early rehearsal stuff doesn't really have much. Uh, didn't have a lot of power or anything behind it, but <clears throat> it was just something that. People would ask for earlier recordings, or and just going through my tapes. That's that's what uh, that's what we had, or that's what I came up with. Um, whenever we record, and that's why I like to do seven inches, uh, is you have the ability to um, tweak it the next time and change what you maybe didn't like on the last recording. And just like any other time, if you got five five or six songs there's always one or two that stand out head and shoulders above the other ones and um uh i think it's it's even noticeable on these um these next uh recordings that we just finished we just did a split with um uh, acid witch and i'm not sure when that'll be out but we did uh we did a slow doomy song regular fast nunslaughter song and they're going to do a like more of a fast uh, speed song, you know, for for Nunsauter, and then they're going to do, you know, uh, 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 something in the vein of Acid Witch, and then we also did a split with Fetid Zombie, and um, both of those, we recorded four songs, but one song on the Acid Witch and one song on the Fetid Zombie, I think, are are the standout tracks of of the the seven inch, and we'll see, maybe they'll make it into rotation or not, I don't know, live, you know. Well, leading into my next question, it. it Every release pretty much has a different logo on it. Is this one going to have a different logo? <laughs> uh, let me think about that. Uh, no, actually, well, the Fetid Zombie. I think uh, Mark's putting Mark's going to Mark Riddick is going to put the uh, layout together, so he he can use whatever whatever logo he wants, or he, maybe he might even draw one up for us. And uh, the Acid Witch, we haven't figured that out yet. I'm still sitting on probably about a half a dozen of logos we haven't used on anything i'm I'm, maybe i have to pull out another logo yeah for the acid witch and just make it totally different 
Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Well, it's obviously suspect enough that that's intentional. But what, what, where did that idea kind of come from? Was like were people just drawing up logos so much that they're handing it like, oh, that's pretty fucking cool. Oh, that's fucking cool. Like it's like fuck it, I'm just going to change it on every release. Or that's pretty much it. I just kept getting logos from people, and uh, you know, they there's a, hey, if you use it on a on a record, send me the record. Okay, so we just I just kept collecting uh, logos over the years, and then once we finally started putting on a lot of uh, releases, I wanted to use them and sometimes it has to do with the way that the the layout looks like the the image on the front you don't want to use you know that logo because it's too long you don't want to use that logo because it's too high so you 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 look through your all the different ones you got you go well that one fits perfect so let's use this and that's just how it came about but uh yeah i'm gonna I, i sometimes we catch shit for it you know people don't like that but I'm not really doing it for them. I'm just doing a band for me. So if I want to use different fucking logos on my band, I'm going. I'm going to do that. I think uh, more bands need to have that a- attitude, you know, to do it for themselves rather than. Well, I think a lot are doing it for the cash. <laughs> What's up with bands with using just fucking fonts? Oh, like. Well, hey, now one of your favorite bands started that. <laughs> Use the font. That, who's that? Bathory. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> yeah. It, most of the time, it just blows. I always just thought, as like, how? What better way to half-ass record than just to do a fucking font? And I, I get, so I get like Bathory using old English because that was a little more at the time. No one was doing that, but now I think it's pretty old, overdone. And I, I see exactly what you're saying. Like, fucking just fonts. It's totally half-assing it. So as we kind of, you know, we found out obviously where your metal interest came from, but where exactly did your uh, interest in the occult and you know Satan and all that spark from? Because most, you know, most non-slaughter lyrics deal with Satan, and uh, you know, furthermore, it seems as though you know songs like Atheist Ways would seemingly enough you know contradict songs of the satanic perspective. What exactly are your beliefs then? I'd have to say I probably believe in nothing. I I almost have no idea why I started getting into uh, Satan and devil and witches and and hell. It always seemed, you know, I I was kind of brought up Christian and, uh, you know, had to go to, you know, whatever, church and all this other fucking shit. And anytime they started talking about hell and damnation and fire and brimstone, and I was like, oh, that sounds pretty fucking cool. I I, I, there. I, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, it, yeah, it's way better in Pittsburgh. And uh, so I was just like, it, it just it just seemed to interest me. And then my one of the first bands that that I ever got into, which was Kiss, was they they didn't really have any sort of occult, but there were people always thought you know kids in satan's service and you know they had songs like god of thunder and it sounded all evil and and that just that just interested me and uh same with early alice cooper it just seemed more about dark things and uh graveyards and spiders and snakes and cobwebs and and then as i as i got into knowing about like uh ozzy osbourne and black sabbath and you know, everybody's using the imagery of uh, upside down crosses and fire, and talking about the devil, and it just it just kind of took off. And then that's when I started reading about dark uh, places that mankind can go. Just I don't know for some reason took hold of me. That's what I like to listen to. That's what I like to write about stories. But the, back to with the the atheist ways, it's basically it's a it's a story of uh, not believing in anything. That's all it is. They're just uh, just stories in my head. So pretty much in a nutshell. The satanic stuff is more of kind of a an appeal, and atheist ways is more so a true belief. Then, um, 
if you can account atheism as being a belief. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it would be maybe, I don't know, agnostic. I don't know. I mean, I to tell you the truth, I, I would really like to believe more in the dark side than anything. Um, I think that mankind himself proves him more worthy of Lucifer than he does any sort of a good God or God in heaven or Christian God or Muslim God or anything like that. Yeah, I guess, you know, more, more atheist ways, I'd be more my take on my beliefs and there's definitely more of a reality shown in life through satanism and dark stuff as you can see through i think just most people are just selfish fucks yeah and 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 if you if you want to you know uh follow something that's very very selfish i i think that that's that's where something like satanism or uh the belief in the occult uh can can arise because it's uh it's self-serving so this is something that I needed to ask you. <laughs> All right. Lay it on me, brother. All right. You're going to start chuckling, I'm sure, once you hear this. Uh, there is the cover of the Guts of Christ demo <laughs> depicting you naked. <laughs> now, what is the reason that you chose to do this on this particular release? Like, I'm going to give you the naked thing. But on this release, because obviously the Guts of Christ, it's suspect enough that you could do something with that could be very violent and and be because I'm I'm imagining you did the whole naked thing to be as a shock factor where I would think that you know the violence would be just as shocking for me the naked man was way more shocking than the violence so <laughs> but what, what exactly you know with you know with that title what made you want to do that a naked picture of yourself with corpse paint and all that as opposed to you know, maybe something like a cannibal corpse style, but not a drawing, but, you know, something really violent, or maybe Carcass would be a better example. Well, I was, uh, <clears throat> they actually, the two of them didn't really have anything to do with each other, rather than the original demo cover, there was only 100 made. Once those, once we ran out of those 100, I, I wanted to, I wanted to repress the tape. Years earlier, uh, I was just sitting at home one day and told my girlfriend to <clears throat> grab the camera. I'm going to go uh, <laughs> go put on fucking corpse paint and some blood. <laughs> and she said, okay. So she took a bunch of you know, naked pictures of me. And uh, um, <laughs> I, I just had them you know, sitting in my drawer. And, um, and when I was like, I need a cover. Uh, so the, but the original cover, I'm cut from the waist up so you don't really see any sort of you know, dick. Right. I like that one better. <laughs> but then but then for the uh for the Hell's Headbangers uh release of of guts we needed to uh kind of up the ante. well no I guess you not nothing was up but it, we we needed to uh we we needed to uh shock a, a a little bit more and uh that's what you know the guys at Hell's Headbangers were like, you got any any more pictures like I got a whole shitload of me naked covered in blood and it's in my opinion, I'm covered with the guts of Christ. That's where that comes from. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, if I had any import, I would have said that 7-inch re-release that had you fully naked, that the diehard would come with a, a pair of paper pants that you could tape to the <laughs> fucking thing. Because every time I you know, I go through my 7-inch, I see that. It's like, oh, I got a bunch of Nunslaughter 7-inch. Cool, cool. Ah, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> got a wang well, shot. <laughs> Well, we should have. If the afterthought was, we should have done, you know, side A, side B, and it would have been the nuts and then the butts of Christ. (laughs) Wow, this is getting a little queer. (laughs) So, uh, I I guess this would be appropriate time then to ask this question. Out of all those releases, more so on a layout, art, and packaging perspective, 
what would be the release that you wouldn't do? That uh, you mean like kind of sucked? More uh, from a, a, a packaging perspective. Well, I I would like to take that Guts of Christ cover back. That's for sure. <laughs> I thought so. Uh, there's there's a, there's fifty of them shirts running around too. That's uh, uh, that's that's tough when you see yourself naked on the back of a shirt in Germany on an old man too. Yeah, that was, that was weird. But uh, <clears throat> that would be one I would, I would probably want to take back. There, there's some we've always tried to put out. Uh, you know, neat neat packaging and uh i don't know um cover uh, there are some tasting the blood of your savior that cover kind of sucks that was some sort of just clip art we got off the internet one night in hell oh one night in hell that's fucking horrible yeah that <laughs> that uh that was that was that, that what happened it's just it looks like a fucking christmas ornament it, it uh yeah that, especially the album that 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 the cd rather that got it's just that's fucking horrible looking, but I got better better versions of that that piece of artwork. Black and white, it looks a lot better. But yeah, that is that is pretty that is pretty fucking bad. <laughs> so all the YouTubers would notice that there's an unslaughter video going around. I don't know if it's going around, but it's getting hits for a song called God. Now first, I need to lay it out because I think most people don't know. Because I well, it wasn't Hell's Headbangers that put it out. It was a different label. They didn't exactly. Well, let's say push it and kind of make it uh, an effort to make it known what release that would be on. So it'd probably be probably been a good idea to do that. Nonetheless, uh, so that's the God video, and that was uh, that's coming off the split with Abigail. Uh, before we get into the real question, where exactly can you get this split? Because I know it's out. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, you actually uh, you got to order it directly from the uh, label itself, and uh, uh, he I think he puts your actual name on the record and uh, there's only like 300 copies of it and uh, some of them come with like a t-shirt and colored vinyl and and whatnot uh i tried to get i wanted to buy a, a hundred of them from him and uh, he said no so um i don't know uh, I'm, I'm actually kind of bummed that hell's headbangers couldn't get any i don't know what people are going to do about that record that's a tough one so and it's the song god and then another song yeah and i don't know what one that is <laughs> <laughs> well you do a lot of releases i guess you forget so, having said that, you know you have this this video online, and uh, I don't think people probably realize that there's, uh, I believe, two others: uh, My Evil Concubine and uh, Hex, that uh, you and I did actually. But uh, do you have any plans to do another video? And was it kind of did you get like that idea because whoa, like God videos really like people fucking caring about this, or was this you just kind of like yeah, let's just do some videos? <clears throat> well, it was uh, definitely let's let's start trying to do some videos but i was a videographer for uh 10 or 12 years uh at my professional job so it just seemed to go pretty natural pretty hand in hand like well i should really start making some videos for for my band um and the in the reaction for for the the video god i thought is very impressive i didn't think that many people would be really give a shit about a you know underground death metal band doing a, a video but the uh we are going to do another one um hopefully here in the uh the fall and might even go into the winter it kind of all depends on uh, everybody's schedule but uh oddly enough we're going to do it for this uh song that we got coming up here called uh worst nightmare i got some of it written and some some shots in my head that uh we're going to be playing and uh 
this uh, the song Worst Nightmare is going to be on a split with Fetid Zombie, uh, Mark Reddick's band. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that'll be by the end of the year we should have something. So that wise, you just teased. Uh, we are going to be hearing that uh, that song exclusively, uh, uh, Worst Nightmare. Um, and before that, we play that. I'm just going to ask you one of the most typical questions, but I think a lot of people are probably wondering when can uh, the fans expect a new Nunslaughter full length album? Jim and I were talking about that uh, just a couple of uh, weeks ago. Um, we have about six or eight songs that are almost completely written, and then uh, we'll just probably rip out another, uh, I don't know, twelve and. Uh, get something i'm hoping i'm hoping by the early next year we should have everything recorded but i don't expect anything to be out until summer and uh depending on what kind of tour we can uh set up in the uh early part of the year um if it works out we'll probably try to get that out before summer and then uh go on tour in uh europe for uh 2012 and do uh that'll be our 25th year tour yeah hopefully by the summer any names or ideas or pretty much strangely enough we actually have nothing i don't have any song (laughs) titles i got no ideas so that'll be something that jim and i are going to be working on towards the end of this uh this year once we get some some songs solidified we we have uh, a lot of song titles just literally just song titles uh no lyrics but um yeah we'll figure something out you know gonna get some uh i think i'm actually gonna have a an actual real artist do do the cover and you know try to make it uh better than hex well that's exciting i mean and i knowing you uh if you say it's going to happen it will happen it may be later than you know intended but uh out of your control so i think uh, all fans as well as myself are looking forward to that uh all right well then let's go ahead and play this track here uh tell us a little bit about the song then uh this is a worst nightmare yes and uh it's going to be on a split with fetid zombie short and sweet basically just uh about uh sitting in your room and uh some scary shit happening. It's uh, your worst nightmare coming true. I think I think it's one of the best songs we've written in a long time, but um, who knows? It'll be on a record. Probably nobody will buy it. So. <laughs> well, all right then. Well, hopefully many people hear it here on Hellcast. So let's go ahead and check it out. Worst
Fetid Zombie with Wrath of the Heretic coming off vomiting in the baptismal pool. And it's pretty cool for me to finally hear that because uh, that's actually got Don doing uh, guest vocals on there. And uh, 
Well, you and I did. I, I recorded those for you, I, and the last time I heard that song was a, it was in a bedroom. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't even uh, really mixed or anything. He just right. sent basically, uh, you know, the drum track and the guitars. And yeah, I, I working with Mark is very, very easy. You know, just sending digital files, and you know, those are all his ideas. And he just, you know, asked me to sing on it. And that was great. And, and, and the uh, he does some pretty cool shit with it because he, then he does all the artwork as well. And, I think I don't know if it's this album, but I know one of the albums comes with a. It's like a comic book and it has a bunch of Mark Riddick's artwork in it, and that, that's just fucking awesome. Yeah, he's so, talented. Yeah, really talented guy. I think he even he did even uh, some artwork for what's uh, that that cartoon, uh, Metalocalypse. He did. Oh, uh, that's yeah, sweet. I believe so. Yeah, he did like a T-shirt or something. I want to say, I think, or th- didn't they do an album for that show or something? They do do an album. Yeah, maybe he did the cover for that, but he definitely did artwork with that. Uh, but yeah, maybe in the future we'll get in touch with him and talk to him on the show and ask about his artwork and ask about his uh, musical projects. So as teased earlier and uh, previously and earlier on the show, we are doing a new segment called Deal with the Devil. And what that is, is uh, I ask you a question, something that happened previously on Hellcast. I'm not going to tell you on which episode. You're going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to listen to your Hellcast and find out uh, what it is, though is if you answer the question correctly, the first five people that answer the question correctly by emailing me at hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com, you're going to get a free gift. And the free gift for this week is from the band Atomic Aggressor, and the uh, album is called Rise of the Ancient Ones. And this is a compilation CD having two of their demos and then some later tracks that they did. It's pretty cool stuff. I'm going to play it here in a second. But however, um, so what the question for this week Previously, we had uh, Joel Grind on the show, so this is getting pretty easy already. Um, what was the name of the beer that Joel Grind said that was local to Singapore? If you can answer me that question correctly, just give me that the name of that beer. Email me at hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com. The first five people to email me and get that correct will be getting an Atomic Aggressor Rise of the Ancient Ones CD for free. So go ahead, get on there, and start emailing five people. Tune in to Hellcast early enough. We post them on uh, Sunday nights normally, uh, so right on in. All right, let's go ahead and check it out. This is Atomic Aggressor. Fire. You'll be possessed with your desire 
That was Atomic Aggressor with uh, Bloody Ceremony off the Rise of the Ancient One CDs, and and that is CD, and that is the uh, Deal with the Devil giveaway for this week. So if you can get to on your email and answer me that question properly or correctly, then you will be getting that CD. First five people, that is. We're going to really end the show here. It's been an extended show. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have Dom here with us. Um, he has chose a song here, one of the songs to close the show with. Uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about this. Uh, this is uh, Caspar. What song did I pick? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Infinite it? Pain. Oh, Infinite Pain. <clears throat> yeah. Fantastic uh, Japanese thrash metal band. Boy, they uh, put out a EP in... Uh, I think it was 87 called Russian Roulette and it was even hard to get back then and uh, just been a fan of their their music their demos they put out uh, their first album was called Dinosaurs which was really good it was uh, basically they re-recorded all their or a lot of their uh, demo songs in a you know big fat sounding studio and then they went on and did a bunch of other albums I, I didn't think they were very good but 7 inches I got a uh, 8 inch flexi and the demos just fantastic and, and the CD that I brought is um it's a double cd what was it say no posers allowed 85 to 94 it's got everything it's a, you get everything you need for uh thrash out here so what's the what's the name of the cd uh no posers allowed oh that's what the name of the cd is called yeah oh, okay yeah. and um yeah uh, russian roulette which is where the seven inches and then no posers allowed 85 to 94 okay so we'll be hearing that soon that's a uh, casbah infinite pain I'm going to go ahead and end the show here. Reminder that uh, if you need to contact the show, especially to be answering the deal with the devil, the email is hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com. The website, as always, is hellcast.hellsheadbangers.com. No www dot on that. We are on iTunes now. The iTunes link is very long and something that wouldn't translate very well if I said it, but we will be linking that on the main page. So if you're an iTunes user then go ahead and subscribe to us and get the latest and the greatest from Hell's, or, uh, Hellcast. Uh, we do have a particular problem right now as far as getting the latest episode on there to show up, uh, so we'll be getting that tweaked out. But if you're a new listener, you will be just tuning into the old ones and catching up by the time the new one, or what would be the new one now, would be posted. So not such a big deal as of yet. And uh, also, we got a MySpace page uh, for all you dinosaurs that still use MySpace. It's myspace.com slash Hellcast Metal Podcast. I think that's it. So we're going to go ahead and get to the last two songs here. This is Casbah, uh, Infinite Pain. And after that, we're going to hear Sign of the Jackal with uh, Night of the Undead. We'll see you next time. <laughs>
established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder.
listening to Hellcast, brought to you by Hellsheadbangers.com, reminding you when you need 